This is a podcast from the Nuffield Department of Medicine. Professor Sarah Rowland-Jones tells us about her work on HIV with children in Africa. Hello Sarah. Hi. You work on HIV. What are the most important lines of research that have developed over the past five or ten years? Well, I guess um, for many people in the developed world, um, treatment uh, options are so good now that for much of uh, the HIV-infected population, HIV has become a chronic disease like diabetes or high blood pressure and can be managed quite well um, over a long period. Um, but my interests are much more in HIV in the developing world where even though treatment access has improved a great deal, um, there's still there are still more new infections in, in sub-Saharan Africa each year than there are drugs available um, for the people who need it. So the, I think there's still a great need to th uh, think about vaccine development. And there have been ups and downs in vaccine development over the last few years. The, the human studies um, largely have been disappointing. But to everyone's surprise, uh, a vaccine which no one really expected to work uh, showed some signs of uh, efficacy in a big study in Thailand two years ago. And we still don't know exactly how it worked, but it's encouraged the field to think that at least it might be possible. And there are now much more encouraging signs in animal experiments as well. So the field at the moment, I think, is feeling that HIV vaccine development is possible, um, but we're still quite a long way off that. And how does HIV affect children in Africa? Well, um, it behaves very differently in children, and this is something that perhaps hasn't had enough attention. Um, whereas adults, once they get infected, um, often have a lot of virus in the blood circulating uh, soon after infection, which they then control down to low levels again. Um, children maintain very high levels of HIV in the blood for at least the first two years after infection. They show almost no evidence of controlling the virus in that time. And as a consequence, uh, disease progression, if they're not treated, is very rapid. So uh, in a study we did in Nairobi, something like 50% of the children were dead by the age of two. And how can we help? Well, we've become um, particularly interested in the few that uh, make it through uh, childhood and into adolescence. And this is a surprise because, as I said, the rates of death and uh, are so uh, horrifyingly high in young children. Um, whereas a, a proportion of, of children nevertheless make it into their, into their teens. Um, and we've been working uh, with a group in Harare to try and understand better um, how these uh, small number of children make it through into their teens and also how best to help them. Um, and in the longer term, we'd like to set up a centre of excellence in Harare specifically uh, to highlight this problem of HIV in adolescence in children who were infected at birth but not previously diagnosed, and to understand better about how to treat them and prevent what seem to be very serious and life-threatening complications of being infected with HIV for so long without treatment. Can you tell us about your research on the second strain of HIV in Africa? 
Well, this came about um, uh, largely because I spent four years working in West Africa, seconded from the department into in the MRC labs in the Gambia, uh, where I was research director. And uh, we, uh, the labs there have a big interest in HIV-2 infection, um, which doesn't hit the headlines like HIV-1 does, because much smaller numbers of people are infected, and it seems largely restricted to West Africa in particular, and uh, places with Portuguese connections um, for reasons that are not entirely understood, but probably relate to uh, the War of Independence in Guinea-Bissau uh, against the Portuguese. And HIV-2 is fascinating because, um, whereas with ev everybody with HIV-1, if they're not treated, as far as we know, will eventually develop disease and die, there are quite a, a large number of people with HIV-2 who literally die of old age and never develop any symptoms of disease. Disease. So some of our study cohort in Guinea-Bissau are ladies in their 70s and 80s who are completely well and have had HIV-2 for two or three decades. And yet the people who do develop disease develop it in a way that you couldn't distinguish from HIV-1 infection. So trying to understand the differences between those two groups, um, and as far as we understand at the moment it's the immune response and not the virus, um, is really key to trying to understand protective immunity to HIV. How does your research fit into translational medicine within the department? Well, the ultimate aim of the work is to try and understand protective immunity against HIV in a way that would help both design and also to evaluate um, new vaccine candidates. Uh, and so I work quite closely with um, investigators like Andrew McMichael and Tom Hankey, who are leading the vaccine development, HIV vaccine development program in Oxford, and with Lucy Dorrell, who's testing therapeutic vaccine strategies uh, for HIV infection. Particularly interested to work with Lucy and Tom over an HIV-2 therapeutic vaccine because the data we have at the moment suggests immune control is really important to controlling HIV-2. So a therapeutic vaccine might be particularly useful in that context. And I also work with the investigators in the overseas units, um, particularly in Khalifi, um, over studies of HIV in children. Thank you, Sarah.